two teams that don't see a lot of each other are heading for Great American Ballpark. Well, one of them lives there. Uh, the other <laughs> one, Toronto Blue Jays, they're heading down to Cincinnati to face the Cincinnati Reds. This is going to be a fun series because I think this pits a team that is a couple of years ahead of where the Reds are right now, and the Reds hope to get to where the Jays are currently. We're going to talk all about that here on today's Locked On Reds, Locked On Blue Jays crossover. I am Jeff Carr, one half of Locked On Reds. My co-host Steve Offenbaker will not be with us here today, but joining me, and I'm joining him, Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Really happy to have you, Craig. Hello, friends. Yes, indeed, Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Uh, June 14th. June 20th, June 20th, 2014. That's the last time a Toronto Blue Jay, the Toronto Blue Jay fan base enjoyed a victory in Cincinnati. Now, we haven't been back there since 24. I mean, don't get me wrong. And since he did win the next two in that series, I mean, don't get me wrong there. But yes, uh, to your point about two teams that don't get together a whole lot. Well, this is the new reality, right, Jeff? We've got the balanced schedule now. We're going to be exactly. seeing more of each other. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and yes, this is, I mean, that that's one opposite end of the spectrum. That was when the Reds were heading down into the doldrums. Now, we all believe, and I Very think we're right to believe yeah. that they're heading out of yeah. the doldrums. So we'll talk a lot about that. Uh, Craig and I are both lifelong fans of our team. If you can't tell by referencing 2014 to start the that <laughs> is letting you know we love our teams. And we've been doing this every day, all season long. You can catch your Jays information on Lockdown Blue Jays. You can catch your Reds information on Lockdown Reds because we are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every, every day. day. And we've got a great conversation coming up here with a couple of different comparisons. I want to look at the star for the Jays and the budding star for the Reds and kind of compare those two guys. We're going to give you key players to watch in this series. And before we do all of that, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app today. Swing for the fences on Sleeper picks and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app. It's the number one sports app on the App Store and use promo code Locked On. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And Craig, what I want to check out today because everyone in Cincinnati is really excited about Ellie Dale Cruz. I guess so. I guess really so. excited about a couple of different guys, but the Blue Jays have experienced that excitement. And for the past couple of years, looking ahead for the next five years, let's pretend there's no contract situations. Both these guys are signed for the next five years, period, plain and simple. Who would you take, Vlad or Ellie? Well, I mean, you've that's the number one thing I would look at is the contract. So you've taken that off the table because I love Ellie yes. on the rookie. You've taken that off the table. I still may surprise you here, Jeff. It's Ellie. It's Ellie. I mean, mm. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is, he's not a four-letter word in the Blue Jay fan base right now, but that's where his arrow is pointed. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jay fan base, the majority, and and I always, I always enjoy having these crossover conversations because I notice that the other fan bases are still viewing Vlad as, as, as Vlad, as that Vlad mm. that we thought he would be. Toronto Blue Jays, as you said, I'm living at every single pitch. Toronto Blue Jay fans will tell you, wait a minute. This guy has been an absolute disappointment. 48 home runs in 2021, 50 cents. They oh, just we, we, we wow. just crossed over. We just crossed over the 75% mark of this season. So the, the, the season and three quarters that have followed the 48 home runs, 50 total. 
it, I was doing the math on this, Jeff. If you take uh, the 2021, because they played at TD Ballpark, that's not a major league ballpark, and they played in Buffalo, not a major. It was the COVID season, right. one of the one of the two COVID seasons, I should say. Well, if you take Vlad's numbers out of those ballparks from those ballparks, then his career, he's he's hitting about 270, and he's on pace for about 28 to 29 home runs a season. Now there are a mm-hmm. ton of big league players that we would say, oh my god, can they sign up for that right now? Like holy cow, right. hey Ma, did you see what I did? Like there's a ton of big league players where that flies. Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s potential, Jeff, that is not acceptable. What we've seen from Vlad this season, not acceptable. He's hitting like 238, something like that, since the All-Star break. Again, not acceptable. He's hitting in that three spot in the Blue Jays lineup. He's had numerous signature moments, opportunities this season. Laid an egg every single time. I think it may surprise you to find out, Jeff. The Blue Jay fan base is a little bit down on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. right now. And I just don't see anything to be down on from Ellie right now. I just, I mean, w- what aspect of the game do you covet? He's going to hit. He's going to hit, hit. Yes, he's going to run. He's uh, defense. My goodness. I mean, first basemen have to get re- first basemen have to prepare themselves mentally for that throw that's about to come from this guy's <laughs> arm. Like, like, what else do you want from this guy? So next five years, it may surprise you, Jeff. I'm going Ellie. That is surprising, and I guess I, I hadn't looked that deep into it, but you're right. Vlad's biggest asset is his power, and if his power hasn't quite been there the way it was in 2021, because I remember the Reds uh, or the Reds played them in 20, was it last year in Toronto? Yes, yes, Because uh, Jays took I, two out of three. The saddest part about that is the only thing I remember about that series is that the Reds had to start Taylor Motter at third base because they had a couple of guys that weren't vaccinated and couldn't cross the board. That's right. That's Um, right. That's right. Yeah. He made made a couple of big errors, didn't he? I think he made a couple of big uh, errors that led to Blue Jays wins, actually. Yeah. Good memory for me. Not so good for you, I guess, Jeff. Okay. It's it's a little bit of a, yes, a little bit of a nightmare. But um, no, it's funny that that that's what I remember about that. But yeah, no. And, and thinking about Vlad, like, I'm like, okay, he's a consistent force in the middle of your lineup. I bet this would be an interesting comparison, but so who would you, would you say Bo Bichette then maybe would be a little bit of a closer comparison? Yes. Okay. Yeah. A great call. Absolutely. Yes. Bo Bichette. Now speaking of key players, we're looking forward to this weekend. It's very possible that Bo Bichette walks back in the door. I know you guys are looking forward to Hunter Green. So we'll get into that. I know we'll get into that, but it's very possible that Bo Bichette's about to walk back in the door for the Toronto Blue Jays and giddy is the way to describe the Blue Jay fan base about that. When, when that injury happened, the only cause for optimism is he did gingerly, but he did walk off on his own, but boy, oh boy, it looked bad. It, it, if, if you could, if, stop time and i and forced me to bet one way or the other i'd be betting a ton season over season over and let's hope let's hope we get a full season in 2024 that's how bad it looked so just to have him coming back is massive bo in 2021 and 2022 each of those seasons he played 159 games obviously that's not on the table this season with the injury but i went back last night actually just wanted to see so i looked at his last 159 games Bo's hitting 331 in his last time. I mean, is that good, Jeff? Is that good? He's been out injured for a while now, and he's still, for the third straight season, going to lead the league in hits. I mean, is that good? And I was looking at his uh, defense as well, because that's always going to be the knock from Bo is the defense. Ton of errors. Ton of errors. Now, in uh, 21 and 22, he made an error every 24 chances. This season, it's an error every 39 chances. So his defense is developing before our eyes, and the offense... Ever since September of last season, this kid at the plate has been a video game. 
Nice. That's something that I'm looking forward to seeing because you're right. I, I did see the, the videos of that injury and I was like, oh my gosh, Man. that is a key dude to go down that way. But no, that, that's a good thing because when you look at how he has hit and when you look at what you hope Ellie can do, but he's not quite there just yet. The one knock against Ellie and then I'm pretty sure there's somebody down in the comments section that is saying he strikes out too much. He strikes out a lot. He's mm -hmm. He's got some plate discipline learning to do I, I i believe but when he learns that it's not as if he's going to become an everyday major league player he's going to become a great major league player he, his his floor is so much higher than players that we're used to because there's lots of uh fans that want to compare him to failed projects of years past and he's nowhere near that because he is so good at everything else, like you said. And, and that's the one knock, though, is like how can he kind of hone his plate discipline, hone his game strategy, in-game understanding. That's just going to come with experience. And I think that that's something we will see as the year progresses and as we get into next year. But I, I kind of found that to be an interesting exercise because of the way that the Jays have kind of come up in these last few years and they've built themselves from within. They've made some big moves. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Jose Barrios and all that, but they've also done a very good job of building their core from within. Now, that means that there's plenty to watch in this series outside of just Ellie De La Cruz, Bob Bichette, and Vladimir <laughs> Guerrero. We are going to dive into that coming up next. Before we do, though, I want to tell you about our sponsor today, and that is Sleeper. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Sleeper, who wants to give you the chance to win 100 times your money. Man, that sounds pretty good right that'll there. Work. You, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> you get, get that kind of payout. I don't know who doesn't want that. And you could do that on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Sleeper now offers up to 100 times payouts for up to eight pick contest. All you have to do is choose as many as eight players that you like. You know, maybe you say Ellie, Bo, Vlad. Maybe you pick, uh, I don't know, looking at Matt McClain, maybe, you know. Pick a couple of guys, pick your favorite stats, go more or less on those stats like homers, strikeouts, hits, and more, and then get your picks right and you could win big. Uh, check them out today. They are the number one app on the number one sports app on the app store. And like I said, you can pick your favorite players and go more or less on your favorite stats. Plus, entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. Plus, if you want your money quickly, they can do that too. Safe and fast withdrawals. Use the promo code locked on and you'll also get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. So you get 100 times your money on your bets. You get a $100 match. Check out Sleeper today. Number one sports app in the store. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, Looking at this series, there's going to be so many prop bets, so many sleeper picks that uh, you could make. Uh, and if you can't be down at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast and the Blue Jays' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Blue Jays or Reds. And by the way, Craig, this Friday night game, the very first game, it's Yacht Rock Review. We've got a band, a really, really good cover band that covers a bunch of Yacht Rock songs. And because of that, the Reds are giving out Reds captain's hats hmm. to uh, the first so many fans. I forget, I mean, 10, 20, whatever it is, 1,000 people that show up. And uh, very much looking forward 
to getting my captain. I don't know what shirt is actually going to go with or if I'm going to look silly, but I'm wearing it on Monday's podcast. I can't wait. Well, it's easy to be excited for you on that, Jeff. In Blue Jay land, we're disgruntled because Friday is an Apple TV game. So I'm glad you have something to look forward to. Yeah, I'm going to be down at the ballpark. We'll yeah. have to deal with nice. that one. That's just it's weird, the, the broadcasting, the way that they've kind of divvied that up. It's just like, just lift the blackouts. That's all we need you to do. Don't put it on every yes. stream. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of uh, watching the game, there's plenty of players to get excited about outside of the key ones that we talked about in the first segment with Ellie and Vlad and, and Bo Bichette. When you look at the pitching matchups in this series, and, and, and Friday the Reds' uh, starter is TBD right now. They have Brandon Williamson on Saturday. They have Hunter Green on Sunday. Um, so much talent on the mound for the Blue Jays in this series. I was kind of hoping we'd get to, say, uh, get to see Yusei Kikuchi, but we just mm-hmm. missed – uh, getting to see him, but overall, who is? Let, let's start with that. Let's start with the pitching side. Who is the most excited player for you? Because I think you know who it is for me. But who's who's the most excited Blue Jay you're to see on the mound? Well, shout out to the Hound on the mound on Saturday. I've loved having Chris Bassett be a Toronto Blue Jay, but uh, really, I mean, Sunday is full of intrigue. It is a very pleasant surprise for me that the Blue Jays are getting any production. I thought Hyunjin Ryu was finished. I thought he was finished. It's, I'm excited to be seeing any production from Hyunjin Ryu. Now, thanks to one of our sponsors, uh, Game Time, I was at his, I bought tickets, I, I went to his uh, debut, his the season debut against Baltimore. Boy, oh boy, did not like what I saw. I liked the curveball. That was the end of the list of what I liked. It was his first start back. Okay. Now, his next two, uh, I mean, he's on a streak right now. He'll go into, in Sunday's start, Jeff, on a streak of 12 and a third innings in a row without allowing uh, an earned run. So he's been, he's, he's not just back, he's performing. Uh, he's made it. So Alec Manoa is not even on this roster anymore. I mean, that's a whole, the whole Alec Manoa season is the reason for the bald head, but anyway, yeah, but, <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to see if Ryu can continue to contribute and Friday nights, tonight's starter, Jose Barrios. There wasn't a worse ERA in the league last season than Jose Barrios. He's, he's top dozen this season, probably going to finish in, in, in the top 10. Uh, he had a string of, uh, I think it was eight starts in a row uh, uh, that, that ended uh, a couple starts back, but he had eight starts in a row where he had lowered his ERA. I mean, are you kidding me? The first two starts of the season for Jose Barrios, he allowed eight earned runs and four earned runs. He, he was, he was 22, 2022 bad Jose Barrios in the first two starts. He's had 22 starts since then, Jeff, and his ERA is 2.27. Is that good? I mean, on its own, that's good. Let alone, this is the guy, this is coming from, this is right on the heels of the worst ERA in the league. Mm. So massive shout out to Jose Brios. I'm very excited. And anytime, and it's every game these days, right? No such thing as a complete game these days, but this Blue Jay bullpen has become very exciting. And a couple of familiar faces in the in your NL Central world, Yenesis Cabrera has been fantastic for the Toronto Blue Jays, and Jordan Hicks. I mean, there's no such, he, he doesn't have a three up, three down inning in him. There's no such thing as that. Well, I shouldn't say that he got one the other day, but you, you know what I mean? He doesn't often have the clean innings, but he's right. electric and he is fun to watch. Yeah. Both, both those guys on the Cardinals really did damage to the Reds lineup and it's Cabrera because of the left side. And then mm-hmm. uh, Hicks is a dude that whenever he's got runners on, he is the most annoying pitcher. One of the most <laughs> annoying. There's a lot of annoying pitchers to face, but he's one of the most annoying pitchers to face because he gives you hope. And you know how hope can really be damaging. <laughs> oh, no. he, he gives you hope because there's guys on base. You're like, oh, hey, come back, coming. No, he strikes out the side. Then it's yeah, strikes out so, the side, by the way, in 104.3 painted on the yes. corner, by the way. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, yes. So it's it's going to be interesting. I do remember in the 2022 series, I believe we faced uh, Hinjin Ryu, and he actually he was in the midst of a strange season, but he worked the Reds because there's something about that off-speed stuff that really just gets to the Reds lineup usually. However, this is a much different team than it was last year. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. Overall, this Reds lineup, when it faces this uh, Blue Jays pitching staff, is going to be in a bit of an enigma. In a bit of an enigma. How about I talk? Uh, last two games, they were shut out against Logan Allen, the rookie, and they absolutely destroyed Noah Sendergaard and scored seven runs in game two against the Guardians. So I'm not really sure what to expect right now because during the middle of the summer, this team was scoring runs in bunches, and here over the last two weeks, the lineup has become very inconsistent. So I'm mm. going to be curious to see how they respond to these top flight pitchers because, yes, Barrios, Bassett, Ryu have done it in some capacity for their entire careers uh, on the Reds pitching side. Yes, I am absolutely pumped about Hunter Green's return because Hunter Green returning means that Luke Weaver is no more. Luke oh. Weaver was DFA the other day. Look, and he is a guy <laughs> that I'm sure um, he's very nice. Uh, probably shout out to a, the Weaver family, right? Yeah, shout yes, out to the Weaver yes. family. <laughs> Maybe he has a very nice stamp collection. I, I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, he was terrible on the mound Jeez. for the Reds. Absolutely everything said, and we we talked about it yesterday. So I won't go through all the stats, but during this year, he's made twenty two starts, and in the first inning of those twenty two starts, opposing batters had a three ninety six average against him and a seven thirty slugging Whoa. against him in the first inning. I didn't even know slugging could go that high. Holy moly! Yeah, I know, right? So you get Hunter Green back. Hunter Green. It's not going to be that bad. Now, he might not be ace Hunter Green level for his first start, but he's definitely going to be much, much better than that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table on Sunday. And then the other thing for me about Brandon Williamson is that we really have seen a lot of great stuff from him recently. He started off the year very much looking like a rookie, very much looking a little bit, you know, is he going to stick? Is he going to not? And here recently, he's righted the ship in a big way. So how does he do against this Toronto Blue Jays lineup that is so potent and then can score runs and bunches itself? So I'm very interested to see that. And I, I'm not interested to see the bullpen. The bullpen is scaring the <laughs> crap out of me recently because they're so overused. They have so many guys that lead the league in appearances. And don't get me wrong, Alexis Diaz has been electric and I have loved it, but looking at him from an objective point of view, this is the time to face him right now. In the middle of really? June was not. In the middle of June, he was dominating guys, shutting them down, one, two, three, get you out as quick as possible, get the save, get home. Now he has turned into the version of a closer that just makes you sweat a lot. He's not quite for for Reds fans um, of a certain age that remember David Weathers. He's not there He's wow. definitely much better than that, but he's starting to give you the, you know, mm. goosebumps every time he comes in and not the excited goosebumps, the worried goosebumps. So we'll see exactly how this pitching really, because both this team's lineups we know can score a lot. And I think that, you know, outside of Vlad and Bo, who is the number one guy that you're looking for to kind of either take this series and run with it or maybe even bounce back in this series? 
first of all, I just want to mention real quick, because I know a lot of fantasy baseball fans will appreciate this. On Sunday, I'm trying to thread that needle because I have Hunter Green on my fantasy team. So I'm so happy to have him come <laughs> back, but I'd love him to get back to being Hunter Green, Hunter Green as of his next start. But OK, yes, uh, definitely Brandon Belt, uh, his April. Uh, mm. Literally, Jeff, either one of us could have had a better April. And I'm I'm talking literally uh, it, it hit like 160. So anyway, but since then. He's hitting about 280 in the, in the last three and a half months, hitting about 280. His on-base percentage is over 400. And I'm going to say right now, and, and this was a Locked On Blue Jay from beginning. W- one of the very first videos I did for Locked On Blue Jays, Jeff, just before the season started, I made a video about how uh, a day about how uh, Whit Merrifield needs to be the X factor for this Toronto Blue Jay team. Mission accomplished. He has been sensational. George Springer has struggled mightily. He, George Springer been a leadoff hitter his whole life. George Springer's out of the leadoff spot. Whit Merrifield into the leadoff spot, and mm. he's continued to hit. His nickname is Two Hit Wit. We've seen three and four hit Wit, if you can believe that, often, often this season. Mm. So very, very excited to see uh, uh, Whit Merrifield. There's nothing that could that could happen this weekend that's going to be more exciting than seeing uh, Bo Bichette come back. I'll say that. And the last one I'll mention, because he's just been deplorable at the plate sensational as advertised defensively but Dalton Varsho at the plate has been such a nightmare but lately he's coming on a little bit he's coming on a little bit and locked on Blue Jay everydayers will know we're constantly deep diving the pitching matchup in the ballpark as it compares to Dalton Varsho we're constantly looking for hey is this a pitcher is this a ballpark that could kickstart Dalton Varsho these guys have never played in this ballpark before, right? So hopefully that's some cause for optimism for the Toronto Blue Jays that this will be, uh, you know, can work out to be a hitter's ballpark for them, especially as we talked about earlier, especially as this is the ballpark they're going to be going to for the next several years to come. Yeah. 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 Every, what's it? Every other year, it's like a home and home every other yeah. year or something like that. So yeah, it's, it's exciting to know that this is going to happen a lot more often. And looking at the way that the lineup shakes up for the Reds, like Matt McClain had a beautiful night last night. I mean, we are still buzzing from what TJ Friedel and Matt McClain both collectively did in the one, two spot. That one, two punch might become mm-hmm. very interesting moving forward. The Reds have had a little bit of a lineup shakeup here recently. Um, up until last week, Ellie was leading off for a bit. And I think that eventually that's where he's going to slot into. It's just his plate discipline does not uh, make him a very good leadoff hitter right now. But TJ Friedel is the best dude at getting on base for this team. Mm-hmm. Will Benson might be second best only because he hasn't played near as much as TJ Friedel is. But TJ Friedel is going to get on base. Matt McClain's going to do whatever he can to get him around and over and in. And then you've got the middle of the order that can do so many different things with Ellie steer and Encarnacion strand that are just going to be able to hit the cover off the ball, but they're also going to be able to drop in hits and run the bases. And they're not the typical middle of the order that you think of that. It's a bunch of just, you know, hulky guys that aren't really going to run that much, but they're going to hit the ball a country mile. They can do a little bit of everything. But yeah, Will Benson's my dude. Like I said in the preseason, I thought he was going to become an everyday player for this team after they got him from the Guardians. He started off super rough, but he has been so good ever since he was called back up at the end of May. He was sent down for a couple of weeks just to kind of figure out what's going on with him. And ever since the end of May, he has been an all-star level performer. And he hits in the eighth or the ninth spot on our routine base. We always joke, uh, Craig, it's like he's the league's best number nine hitter. And it's kind of like whenever Jamal Crawford was winning six man of the year in the NBA every year. It's like, he, it's because he's not a six man. Like <laughs> Will Benson is not a number nine hitter. It's just, that's where he ends up in the Reds lineup. So it, it's going to be very interesting to see how this 
how this series really shakes up because I think these two teams are super talented. I think the Blue Jays are a few years ahead of where the Reds are right now. The, the Blue Jays are where the Reds want to be in a year or two. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I want to get your take as to how the last couple of years have gone. Maybe you can give us some insight as to rooting for a young team that's on the come up. That's what we're going to talk about coming up next. Before we jump into that, wanted to remind you, you can catch every pitch of the Reds and Blue Jays hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds or Blue Jays. And thanks for joining us here on this Locked On Reds, Locked On Blue Jays crossover. We are breaking down a series that hasn't happened very often in the past, but will happen at least once a year moving forward. So excited to see that. And one of the reasons that I'm very excited to watch this Blue Jays team is because of the talent that has been built in this core. And as the cores kind of come up, Craig, uh, these, these last few years, and yes, playing in the AL East is much different than playing in the NL central, but how have the last couple of years been? Has there been moments where you uh, wanted to pull your hair out or pull your hair? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but how, how have the last few years been as a blue Jays fan? It, it's interesting. I, I'm really glad that you that you highlighted the differences in the divisions because that is going to be a night and day difference when it comes to the Blue Jays' growth and the Reds' growth. The the Blue Jays' growth uh, was what I what I do appreciate the most about Shapiro and Atkins, the current regime here, is that they have built a sustainable contender. It's been a few years now since the Blue Jays have been a playoff contender. I would bet you cash money they'll be a playoff contender next year and the year after, to be honest, because of this core that's been built here. Similar things happening in Cincinnati, but for the Blue Jays. Building that core was never going to be sufficient because of the American League East. You were going to have to spend money because everyone else was spending money. Well, we talked about Hyunjin Ryu earlier. Even Scott Boris will tell you that was the indicator that the Blue Jays were back in business, that Hyunjin Ryu contract. The very next offseason, George Springer. The very next offseason, they re-up a year early with Jose Barrios. This offseason, uh, Chris Bassett. So I, I don't know that the Reds will necessarily need to go that route. At some point, I do think you're going to need to spend some money to bring some people in. Don't get me wrong on that. But I just think from the AL Central standpoint, just building, a, I think you can build a sustainable contender through your farm system and then to go to the next level. So be, con, be, be competitive in the Central. Then to go to the next level, when we're talking about winning a playoff series, being a legitimate contender, I do think the Reds will have to spend some money. But that has been the best part of the last couple of years for the Toronto Blue Jays is it is a perennial contender. So I do have my hats off to Shapiro and Atkins for that, but I definitely acknowledge that a huge part of that, Jeff, is that there, there, what is there, 19, 20 wildcard teams now, wildcard spots now? Like <laughs> so I do acknowledge that that's in there, that that's part of this, part of this scenario because I don't think the Reds in the National League are going to be wildcard contenders. I think the path to the playoffs will be winning the division. So it is going to be a little bit different as far as that growth there. But absolutely, yes, the... If anything, I may say, I mean, if it's possible, I mean, fan is short for fanatic. So I get that this is easier said than done. But if you can temper your <laughs> your expectations, and I say that because here we are. We just talked earlier. You were stunned that I would take Ellie over Vlad. I mean, Vlad is not progressing towards that huge contract that he thought he was going to want, right? So there could be steps backwards. Kevin Biggio is red hot right now, but Kevin Biggio was a downright four-letter word in the Blue Jay fan base. Remember, that was Biggio, Bichette, and Vlad that all came up together. So mm-hmm. I guess, long story short, I guess, Jeff, basically is be prepared to, to, to understand that not all the prospects that you're really excited about right now, not all of them are going to work out. A and B, what you're going to see is that's that's actually going to be okay. That's actually going to be okay, especially if you have that commitment from the ownership that when the time is right, 
when you've built something sustainable, you are going to be pleased with the budget. We are going to open up the purse strings when that time is right. That's what happened. You think about Shapiro and Atkins. They, they, they built that sustainable contender in Cleveland. Yes. Right as the playoff window opened, here's Rogers, the Blue Jays owners online too, saying, hey, Mark Shapiro, you know he went through all those lean years in Cleveland. Oh, my God, sleepless nights. You finally built it. You're finally seeing the fruits of your labor. How'd you like to come to Canada and do that Do that whole heavy lifting thing all over again? <laughs> they must have been clear to him that, hey, we do need you to do some of the heavy lifting. We'll be honest. The first couple of seasons, we will need that. But once this team, once you've got it to be a sustainable contender, you're going to be thrilled at what your budget's going to be. So I think that aspect has to be similar in Cincinnati. At some point, you're going to have to cut a contract to somebody. And what I'm excited about from you, Jeff, on Cincinnati's standpoint is because I, I like a lot – Chase Petty, I like a lot yes. in the Cincinnati organization. I think it could almost be like a Tampa Bay organization in that I could see you guys making a key trade this offseason for one of these younger players and not even noticing because there's for the Blue Jays, I would say the young players coming up, it was more more um, uh, quality. But but the Reds, you guys have some quantity as well. You guys have some guys like guys plural to get excited about. So. I think similar situations, yes, in that the, your your excitement window is just opening now, just like it did for the Blue Jays a couple of years back. But your path to contention in Cincinnati, I think, is going to look a little bit different than than it did in Toronto. And really, as you said, as you started out by saying, one of the big things here, one of the big factors is that division. I mean, the, the Reds could be ready to be big boys in that division much quicker than the Blue Jays ever could have been big boys in the AL East. That uh, That's on the money, dude, because like I keep, I keep looking – at different fans and their responses to what is going on with the Reds right now. And and especially at the trade deadline, there were so many people that were just like, what do they want for this play? We'll give them whatever they want. It's like, no, Ooh. this is not the point in the Reds rebuild where you start just overpaying for expiring contracts and, uh -huh. and overpaying for aging veterans who are either at their peak or coming down from their peak. Like, this is the kind of team that, like you said, with the Blue Jays can build sustainable success. And that's something that Nick Crawl has said, much to the chagrin of a lot of people, because the way he worded it, he said, we're going to get rid of peaks and valleys. And he said, oh, yeah, who wants peaks? We don't want to peak. We, <laughs> you know, like people took it all the wrong way because, well, we're in the middle of a long series of uh, unfortunate events for this Reds team. But I think we're finally coming out of that. And kind of like you said, like, to build a team in the AL East is super different from building a team in the NL Central. Like the way that the Brewers look, the way that the Cubs look, the Reds could be on top of this division for multiple years. And that's only if they just stay the course, they fill in the gaps, they, they find the margins where they need to get better and they get better that way. And I don't necessarily know that we've had that one contract that really lets us know that ownership is ready to spend. They they finally just signed someone to a long-term deal. They signed Hunter Green to a long-term deal this season. And we saw that and we said, okay, them doing this right now is a signal that they're going to do this for multiple different players, but they have not made, there's not been any rumors. There's not really been any movement toward another contract with anyone else at this point, because at the time the ready-made next dude was probably Jonathan India. But ever since then, it's kind yeah. of become clear that he might actually be the extra man. Once you really sit down and look at this roster in the off season. So we'll, we'll kind of see how all of that plays out, but, just your perspective on that is really what we want to get. And that was, that was right there on the money. That's right. Kind of what I was hoping you to say, because <laughs> after, you know, after a beer or two at the ballpark, while I'm watching the game, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm just like, you know what? What if not everybody just constantly gets better every year? Like what if there's a guy that, 
takes a step back like a Vlad or something like that. And how are people going to handle that? Because mm. do you see, you see a couple of strikeouts from a guy on a given day and there's a couple of fans are, ah, yeah, get him out of here. We want somebody else. Come on. And you're like baseball is a patient game. And I Ooh. think not a lot of fans really understand that. And I'll say as well, Jeff, when you talk about the, the fans that really wanted, Hey, what do you want for this player? We'll give you anything. Boy, oh boy, I would I would massively caution against that. There is no trade on the table at this year's trade deadline where the Cincinnati Reds become better than the LA Dodgers. There was no trade on the table at the trade deadline this season where the Cincinnati Reds became better than the Hotlanta Braves. So this was not the time to pull a trigger like that for the Cincinnati Reds. It's going to come, and that's exciting for the Reds. It's sooner rather than later. Like you said earlier, hey, this contention window thing, this is pretty cool. It's come quicker than we thought it would come. But it's a contention window. Your, your regime is not in charge of the 2023 Cincinnati Reds. Your regime is in charge of the Cincinnati Reds, right? The whole, yes. the whole pie, the whole thing. Right. We're not looking at a window in time of no. an MLB The Show franchise. We're looking yeah. at everything. <laughs> yeah. And that is a beautiful way to end today's crossover. Thank you, everyone, for checking out. Thanks to all our everydayers for hanging out for this Lockdown Reds, Lockdown Blue Jays crossover. Before we get out of here, one more reminder. You can catch every pitch of the Reds and Blue Jays hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds or Blue Jays. Make sure that you keep it locked on Blue Jays and locked on Reds. We are going to have you covered as, as we go through the weekend and you come back on Monday. We're going to give you in-depth recaps. What happened? at Great American Ballpark. Did Vladimir Guerrero Jr. eat any Skyline chili? Will <laughs> Hunter Green have a bunch of strikeouts on Sunday? Who knows? Well, we'll see how everything goes. Make sure you keep it locked on Reds and locked on Blue Jays because we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.